listening to episode 79 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we are recording on Wednesday, October 26th. Yay! We did it. It's been a minute. It has. We've been like, there. we've had multiple recordings we've canceled because both of our schedules have been just uh, a lot. And so... Um, and yet we still are like, but we need to talk about Lord of the Rings. We really, 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 really need to. <laughs> And so that's what we're going to do today. But mm-hmm. since our last recording, there was we we had big trips and so I think we can just kick off with just some very light New York Comic Con stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Just just a few things here and there. I mean, we were both there. It was a reunion like a re uh, reunion. We haven't like seen each other. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen each other in over a year. Yes. Yeah. So it was, I was like, I couldn't even remember the last time. Yeah. So um, it was very, we didn't get to spend much time together, unfortunately, because no. we were kind of both uh, on different schedules, but we did get to do a panel together. Mm-hmm, with Samira Ahmed. Yes. Um, that was very fun. Yeah. We, we, it was, you know, three Indian women talking about writing comics, which was mm-hmm. awesome. And yes. it was like a room full of amazing people and gave away some pins and had some good times. And it was nice. It was was good it was really good um i think i want i know this is out of order but i think i want you to talk about star trek before i talk about the wheel of time okay so we um we're going to just talk about a little bit of nycc news since we haven't recorded since nycc the first uh big thing was there was a bunch of star trek news um I, uh, Prodigy is coming back this week. I will be recapping at StarTrek.com. I also did a everything you missed in season one of Prodigy. If you don't remember what happened to Prodigy or you didn't watch the first half of the first season, I've got a recap, uh, recap, uh, post up at StarTrek.com on it. And the first half of the season was really good. I've seen the first few episodes of the second half of the season. I, it's a fantastic show. I really highly recommend it. So, um, the big, uh, I think the biggest news out of Comic-Con was um, we got a Discovery season five teaser and it looks like really fun, which is good because just the stakes for the last four seasons have been like Earth, you know, like like galaxy spanning. And like, I think this uh-huh. one looks a little more fun, um, which right. they, not that they haven't been fun, but this is like, it's like a treasure hunt. They're looking oh, for fun. like the galaxy's greatest treasure, apparently. Yeah. And so like I think hopefully it'll give them a little more room uh for a little more character stuff, a little more some of that. So I'm I'm really excited about this next season. And then uh Picard, we got a little more information on where all of our favorite characters are now. We did get a lot of information. They are clearly under very, very strict NDAs. <laughs> and like Terry Matalus, who's the showrunner, was up there like basically telling them what they could and couldn't say. It was really funny. <laughs> and Frakes has like totally spoiled huge things in the past because he's very involved with all these shows because he does a lot of directing. Like, so he like for, for Discovery's first season, like he spoiled a huge thing. So like he like is like, and I, I'm pretty sure he got yelled at by Paramount. Hold on, is Jonathan so, Jonathan Frakes is the Tom Holland of Star Trek? Yes, like literally, he uh, he Maybe showed up Mark to Ruffle. a con after after he like spoiled like uh, the Mirror Universe in season one of Discovery. He basically blurted it out at a con. We're going to the Mirror Universe, and then he literally wrote he he wore a shirt that says "Don't ask me anything." I signed an NDA or something like that. That's funny. 
Yeah, it was really funny. So, uh, yeah, so they were all very tight-lipped. What we did learn is that LeVar's character, like Jordy, uh, one of his, and I've talked to him about this in an interview that will probably never see the light of day. Um, but, uh, I still have the audio somewhere. Um, I <laughs> basically how Jordy never had a healthy relationship during the span of Star Trek, the next generation, because they didn't know how to write romance for a black man. And it's really like, it's sad, but like yeah. he is married with two daughters in the future. And one of them is played by his daughter, Micah Burton. Aww. And so that's really sweet. Uh, Worf is now a pacifist. Awesome. Yes. Um, and then, yeah. And then a seven is the first officer of, I believe, the Titan, um, which is uh, Riker's old ship. Um, so, and then we know kind of a little more of the plot that Beverly sends a distress call to Jean-Luc and uh, she's in trouble. And that's what starts all of this. And the villain is played by Amanda Plummer, who is Christopher Plummer's daughter. Oh, Huh. And uh, yeah, he is an iconic Star Trek character. He played General Chang in Star Trek: The Undiscovered Country, so it's kind of nice to see, you know, her come to the franchise as a new is it, character. Is it? Is it the next generation? Yeah, it is. It's the next generation. <laughs> um, and then we know we find out that uh, Brent Spiner is playing Lore, Data's evil twin brother, and there are some questions on uh whether because Lo lore looks aged and like he has white hair in huh. the uh in the one image we have of him like he has white hair so he's aged we do know data did have an aging program um mm -hmm. from an episode called inheritance although i need to go back and watch that but there's questions on whether like the song that we saw in season one uh could have been lore in disguise because we never you know like we didn't know anything about a song son yeah. and like but and the hair looks the same and so like there's some questions like is it lore is it like what's going on here but it's been confirmed that he is playing lore and then uh moriarty who um was in a few like very memorable ep episodes of the next generation created as a character holodeck character but who but uh, the basically created as a Kaladek character who could outthink Data. Um, so he's super intelligent, super smart, uh, who now could think Data. Like, And so my theory is that Lore is the villain and they have to bring Moriarty back in order to outthink him. Oh. That's, that's my theory. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So that, that's it. That's longer than and then to go on. But there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. There, no, I, that's why I was like, you should go first. There's so much good Star Trek stuff coming. And of course, I feel like every time you talk about Discovery, the back of my head is like, you got to watch it. And you know you yeah. want to, but yeah. then it's like now it's season five, and I was like, oh no, I know. <laughs> Every I know. year that goes by, I'm like, you should have started it last year. I know, and the first season can be difficult to get through, which does not help. Mm -hmm. Like it's good, I liked it, I loved the show in its first season, but it did have definitely have too many fingers in the you know mm -hmm. pie. Like like there there was a lot going on that first season. Um, some other news out of New York Comic Con, which I was very excited about, was uh, from the Wheel of Time. And Yay! Yes. So I thought we would be getting the second season in the next, like, month or so. I don't know if that's the case. You know, I, I was at the panel, and we got the sneak peek, like, the sneak peek of season two, which looks... I, it's daunting. There's like a storyline in the second book that is maybe my least favorite part of okay. the Wheel of Time, and it seems like it's going to be a very, very big focus for okay. the season. And it's difficult to consider watching because it's difficult to read. Okay. Um, 
But we asked, like, when is the new season coming? And it was basically like, ah. <laughs> so probably <laughs> not the next month. My guess would be spring sometime. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Which would put it at about a little over a year from this first season, which mm-hmm. I, I know COVID, like, the Wheel of Time show was one of the hardest hit shows by COVID. Yeah. You know? Um, which also, I don't think they greenlit the second season until well into the first season. It was something right? like that, yeah. Which is whereas Rings of Power got a second season greenlit. And a third season, right? I think before the first season even aired. I mean, that makes sense. The Rings of Power, they spent more money on that show than anything ever, right? Yeah. Like, it's the budget for the Rings of Power is bananas. Is there even a budget? <laughs> and you can see it, you know, when you look at the difference in production. That said, right. I love, I really, really dug the Wheel of Time TV show. I like the adaptive quality of it a lot and I'm yeah. extremely excited to see it keep going. You know, they, we got sneak peeks of like some new character work. So they recast Matt Calton. How, um, what did you think of that? Because you loved the person I liked Barney Harris a lot. We yeah. still don't know why he left. My guess is it's probably like COVID related or something. Personal or release. Personal yeah, it's got to be reasons. personal reasons. If there was some um, sort of scandal, it would have come out by now. I agree. Uh, but no, it's now it's Donald Finn, I believe the actor's name is. And he's great. Like the oh, clip we great. saw, I was like, I, there's. I think they're going very dark with Matt, which is so funny. Like uh, in my Wheel of Time podcast that I do with Jen Northington, we're on book six. We're we're just about to wrap up book six. And Matt is, there's no real, like he hasn't, there's like darkness, but it's so so minimal to his, who his character mm-hmm. actually is. Like Matt's defining character trait, I think, is that of the reluctant hero. So it's interesting to see the show sort of like really go into that darkness but that said the clip we saw there was like fun and like lightness to it too which I am excited about mm-hmm. um Good. so yeah I think there's a lot more to come they they did some new casting announcements like they teased that we're probably gonna see Avienda in the next season um though I don't think they've said who who the actress is yet uh or no they did they did just kidding they did say who the actress is either way I'm excited Good stuff yeah. all around. Good stuff coming. Um, so I think that's all we really wanted to talk about from New York Comic Con. I know there was a lot of other stuff. Yeah. But I, as per our brand. <laughs> Just talk about what we're excited about. Uh, the There was like huge, huge news yesterday. Yes. Right? Uh, yes. James Gunn is going to co-lead DC Studios. Yep. Um, with, with Peter Safran. Um, and yeah, that's huge news. He's wrapping up Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 for Marvel. So presumably he's probably no, not yeah, on deck for any other Marvel projects. No. Is he so, exclusive now to DC? I now believe. to DC. And uh, I, I, I liked this, his Suicide Squad movie. I thought it was, it was fine. It was, fine. It was enjoyable. I didn't like, it wasn't, I didn't love it. I did absolutely love the Peacemaker TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope this new position means we'll get more in that vein. Um, but it's very curious. DC's, I mean, they have some really, really cool stuff. I've heard Black Adam is really good. Uh, I know a lot of people who like it, but they've also had some big misses. So I'm hopeful that this is a good direction for them. Yeah, I think that's the key. I hope this gives them, because I'm still hurting over announcements that were made. I... Um, I I can't believe we're not going to see that Batgirl movie. I, I know. can't believe in the summer of Ms. Marvel that we're not going to get 
a Batgirl movie. Like that yep. seems wild to me, but mm-hmm. I am hopeful that by putting somebody who clearly has a really strong perspective and yes. has a really strong story-driven, character-driven vision, some and like has and has successful like yeah. a successful track record with DC and with superhero yes. movies so far generally. Yes. Like I haven't that, loved all of James Gunn's superhero movies, but they've all done pretty they've well. They've all done been well. Relatively well received. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the direction is, I think, key here. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what's what's to come. Yeah. Maybe I, someday I, we will get that Batgirl movie. Maybe. <laughs> My Oof. hope is still alive. I know. I'm I'm cautious. <laughs> I'm 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 cautiously optimistic about this new move, though. Not cautiously <laughs> optimistic about Batgirl. I don't think we'll ever see that. But uh, I'm hoping that this is a good sign. Um, I think that's kind of all the news we wanted to cover because we yes. really want to talk about the Rings of Power. Okay, yeah. So we meant to do like one or two episodes in between. Um, and we're going to go right into spoilers here because the way we're going to structure this is actually we're going to talk about where these characters ended up and kind of their journeys rather than going through like plot point by plot point because otherwise yep. we'll be here till like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, let's talk about, there's been a lot of criticism of this series, um, and fair, you know, um, some of it not fair, obviously, but some of it, like, some of it, like, but I find the, the, the accusation that there isn't enough character work in this <gasps> What? Show, yeah, Ooh. no, I see a lot of people what? being, like, it's, A, it's too slow, which it is, I guess it does move slow, but I felt like this move, this season moved really fast, like, we've I already know. created three of the rings of power blowing my mind i know we know who sauron is we've created three of the rings of the power how fast do you want it to move like i was like i was just shocked we ended with like the forging of the rings like honestly the three of the rings can't i was like thinking about it when we were like let's we'll we'll do this episode we're going to talk about the show and i was like so much happens so much like, happens we, we literally can't do like episodic deep dives in no. a single podcast episode because so much happens yeah so, like, i don't know i haven't really been paying attention to sort so of like the two criticisms i've seen the two main criticisms are that moves too slow which i don't agree with and no. there's no character work which also are you what? kidding me like i don't know i just maybe I just... maybe i okay so i I don't know. Maybe I was oh, I was very invested from the beginning because I love the property. I love the movies. I love I I I I I don't I don't know. Saying I love the books is probably an exaggeration because like I think reading them is a slog, but I love the world presented in the books. Mm-hmm. Like I I have a lot of love for this universe already, so I went into it all in kind of. But like I don't know, man. Like there know. were characters that I didn't know before that I am very very invested right. in. That's the thing is like I I read the books like the last time I read the books though I was 19 maybe 20 something like that and I don't know any of the adjacent material at all I tried the Silmarillion thank you and I put it down because I was like this is not for me yeah and Yet they still had me by the with those. I do think it was smart of them to release the first two episodes. I do too. Yes, like I they agree. needed to do that, but they had me. Like I don't. I fine. Not everything is for everyone, and that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. But those I criticisms don't are surprise. Like surprising I don't disagree. I don't agree with those criticisms from an from my point of view. Like I don't think, and maybe hmm. I am biased. Maybe they come from. I don't even. Dis- I don't even 
even agree with them from just like a writing standpoint. Yeah, I don't either, honestly, but I also don't I'm not an expert writer. You know what I mean? So I don't know. But I, I think I think um I really loved it. I love this show. I'm I'm a big fan of this show. I, there are things yeah. definitely certainly criticisms I have. Yes. But like yeah. it's not perfect, but like I thought it was very very I thought it was very good it had me hooked every week I looked forward to seeing it and like uh it was a stunning show it is absolutely beautiful beautiful they they used their giant budget well I think for what they presented on our screens yeah um yeah I I think honestly if we were okay I I we're not I'm trying to think of like critiques for the show because they're like you said like it's not it's not a perfect television show and some mm-hmm. of it is mm-hmm. there's I guess for you know pacing wise some of it there is an unevenness to the pacing. oh my god okay right? I, I know say it, I know I will say it's it right now I'm sorry I, I do not like like I I literally like I feel like the pace of the show came to a standstill every time <laughs> the Harfoots were on screen and I'm sorry I do genuinely love hobbits but I think I know you and I have talked about this but I think it worked in the original Lord of the Rings movie like it worked showing everything from the hobbit's point of view because you hadn't zoomed out to the wider world yet so mm-hmm. you could start a little slower a little more whimsical and then you under you zoom out and understand the stakes but by then we've moved on to breed or rivendell and beyond and so i think interspersing this very tense and like like this very t- <laughs> with these like whimsical like scenes that went on like it wasn't like they were short some of these horror foot scenes were really, really <laughs> long. And it's like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> I got, I was just like, oh, my God, like, Harfoots again. Like, that being said, I really like where it ended up. Uh, but, yeah, there was, and arguably you did need the buy-in. You did need to watch those scenes to yes. get invested in that relationship between the stranger and Nori. So I'm not saying it didn't serve a purpose. I'm just saying it was a slog. It was, there was, I, I think I'll, I'll stick to like, there was some unevenness because I didn't, mm. I didn't mind them as much as you did, but I do just from a, a creative level can see how cutting it in the way they cut it and, and using the scenes in the way they did interspersed with the others. It's a difficult task. you know. And I think this show shows the strength of being able to know, plan out your seasons in advance. Yes. Because this this season had definite endpoint. It did not end on a cliffhanger, but it also shows us how much it kind of unfolds. There's so much more to you can tell. There's so much more to come. Yes. While also, like, I don't feel unsatisfied by this as a full season. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, should we kind of dive in? Yeah, for, let's dive in. For, let's dive so, into your heartbreak. Oh my god, and your torment. Okay, Galadriel and Halbrand. Oh my god. So, first of all. Morphin and Charlie are so good in these mm-hmm. roles. Like, what a task to kind of have to take this character. You know, Morphin Clark comes in to play Galadriel, who's played by Kate Blanchett in the movies. <laughs> like, I would be like, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know that I'm up for that. And then Charlie Vickers giving us this character because you it never felt once the reveal happened. So obviously Charlie Vickers, who plays Halbrand, is Sauron. Uh, 
And Hashtag hot Sauron. Hot Sauron, man. You made it weird, Rings of Power. You just, you made it weird and that's okay. Well, I mean, to be fair, Tolkien made it weird. I heard. I heard yeah. that it's canon. It's, oh, it's canon. Yep. That's why I was looking at all the hot guys and like, who is I mean, Sauron? Basically, everyone on the show is pretty hot. That's the problem. But... So once that reveal happens, though, it what was nice is that it didn't feel like they didn't do a thing where he's like, Halbrand's so nice, Halbrand's so da-da-da. He's still sort of like shady, but there are multiple reasons for which he could be acting the way he is. Yeah. So it didn't feel cheap when the reveal happened. And the reveal scene between the two of them wow. so good. So good. That was a very weird noise I just made, but that was, <laughs> it was so good. It's I don't just, know what I was doing there. <laughs> but like, like that scene where he's like in there in the water and you oh see the reflection God, of the helmet. I can't. Like, I like. I can't. I was like screaming. It, it recontextualizes their relationship throughout the show because they have such wonderful chemistry, the two of they them do. together. And I think Galadriel's just utter belief in her choices yes it also recontextualizes uh her scene in uh fellowship of the ring which i've just been rewatching, where she's like like you would not have not a dark lord but a queen it's like and it like actually it makes that scene make sense in a way it made sense to me having read the books Mm -hmm. in the movie but i know a lot of people were like oh what was that scene and Mm -hmm. this gives it you know what i mean yes 100%. 100%. It, it, it's a end of Rogue One situation, recontextualizing A New Hope, right? Where you sort of have this character you've known forever and you're getting all of this added story that lets you understand her choices better and her, her, like her presentation on screen better. Yeah. And it's, I just feel like they handled that thread really deftly. Throughout yeah. the story. I agree. Oh, it's like heartbreaking. It's hard for me to yeah. figure out. <laughs> and I think they did Halbrand very well because a lot of people were kind of, I saw a lot of criticisms that like, oh, Halbrand's just basically Aragorn. And I think that, I, th- I think that was deliberate. I think they cast somebody yes. who looked like him deliberately. I think he's supposed yes. to remind you of Aragorn and you're supposed to get like invested in this character. And like he, cause like, Aragorn never really he's never really has the like like when you first meet him in Bree you're like is he good is he bad but like he quickly very quickly you know he's good like Like, it's very very fast it feels he feels like it feels like oh like at the very beginning when he's like kind of manhandling Frodo a little bit but and he's like yelling at him like that is no trinket you carry yeah like but um but like very quickly it's like he's good whereas Halbrand you're like okay I want him to earn that goodness that Aragorn just that's the key right that it's you are we are rooting rooting for for him and yeah by putting him in situations in which you know at the bar where he's being underestimated at like putting him in prison for defending himself making him kind of tricksy and silly and like yeah when he says to her the the most chilling part of the reveal is when he's like you brought me back here i was leaving yeah i was going to stay i was going to be a blacksmith you yep. you convinced me to be here yeah and you're just like ah uh, it's that belief is that flawed belief in someone having a destiny and someone 
participating in the role that they were meant to have like this sort of notion it's it's very like that to me was the most chilling aspect of like yeah oh well I think the most chilling thing for me was when he was like you know join me come with like mm. I you said you said that nothing I did before mattered I and know. like you felt like I felt that in my heart he's like you said you said nothing I did before mattered and that I could be forgiven and I could earn my redemption like I'm trying to heal middle earth and I'm like I believe you you because know they put you in that position then that's yes. why it's so good right so, they... like so manipulative in like the best in the effective best way, way. and he's so good oh oh my god and so so like and like Galadriel's like her shame, her decision to not yes. tell anybody who he was and what she'd done. Like, and then Elrond finds out and is like, fuck. Like, it's like, oh my god. Just Me too. About it it's so good. It's it was all of those threads were woven together so well. Because yeah, let's so we have Galadriel and Sauron, obviously, and then you have Galadriel and Elrond who mm-hmm. have this deep friendship. And I will say, I really liked how Elrond's story progressed far slower, Me too. I think, than Galadriel's, which is fine. But he, you know, from the beginning when they have this conversation where he, to your point, where you're like, he's a politician. You can see how he's like, I have to play this game. Galad- like, so there, it, there are no, there's no like pure honesty on anyone's right. side. right. But Elrond, I think, thinking about who he ends up becoming with Hugo Weaving in the movies and sort of that, how he presents himself then, I'm waiting for that thing to happen with Elrond that shows us how we get to Hugo Weaving. Yeah, I think I think the entire his entire growth story during season one has been he's learning the meaning of he's learning what ambition can cost. Yes. And he's learning the importance of, I think Duran teaches him and Galadriel both. I think they both teach him a lot about like friendship and loyalty and like integrity. Mm-hmm. But I still am, am yet unable to see sort of the line between the two characters aside from like some some tiny points you know like Galadriel I think what this season did really well was show us like we see the line from the Galadriel at the yeah. end of season one to the Galadriel in Lord of the Rings I think I think I disagree there I think I do see the I do definitely right. do see the line for Elrond but I do agree like I do want more character work from him but I think I see the line I think that scene at the end, maybe it's season, I can't remember if it's episode seven or eight, but where they're just sitting there and like they're talking about like basically the stakes and everything that's going on. You can just see them like becoming the people, not who talk about the people who make these decisions, but becoming the people who make these decisions. No, I agree with leadership, yes. Character, no. Okay. For me. Like leadership, yes. I, I think that's the journey we've been on with Elrond in season one is seeing. Yeah that side of seeing that politician seeing that like person who's going to understand cost who's going to understand weight but seeing the El- the Elrond who is so deeply connected to Durin character wise personal wise I'm not yet seeing how that becomes Elrond in the movies but I think we will get it 
Yeah. And I think that's fair. I think I think I put a lot of I think we haven't had a lot of character work on Elrond, I'm Agreed. realizing now. It's been a lot of like external friendships, but it's not like with mm-hmm. with a Galadriel, we've gotten a lot of like very solo, very and I think I'm probably superimposing what I know and love of Elrond from the movies on this character. Mm-hmm. Um, but and that's okay. But yeah, I, I think you're supposed to. I think that's intentional. But uh, yeah, no, I think I think you're probably right there. I do see the line, but that's that might be where I'm coming from personally and not mm-hmm. objectively the line being there. So yeah, um, I I, yeah. I think they'll have room for it in for how many they so we at least three seasons. <laughs> so far, at least right? three seasons. Um. I don't know. I think it'll go on for a while as long as it's people are watching. And it seems like everybody was talking about this series. Uh, so it seems like people were watching. Um, so speaking of Elrond and Durin uh, and Disa, because we love Disa. We have to talk about Disa. The dwarves, the way I thought they, I really liked, you know, we talked about seeing Moria. We, we talked about what, it, like, that was nice to see sort of like, peak dwarf culture <laughs> yeah it was um i was thinking because i am doing a little rewatch of the movies like we don't our impression of the dwarves in those movies is not great like they nope. don't show up for anybody else no nope. they don't um you know like so it's nice to see oh but that's like also heartbreaking when you think about like durin who wants to show up for the elves yeah and is castigated for it and as yep. you know his father just tears him a new one but the clearly side did of that went out his father is right because That's he's afraid right. like the thing is he's That's afraid point, what, right yeah he's afraid of like what's down there the cost of mining this mithril and we all know what they're going and he, oh, they show us at the end of the, the first balrog. season the balrog what they're going to uncover in the depths of Moria. And so like, it's like this like weird and very effective, I think push and pull where you're rooting for Durin, you're rooting for the progressive, you're rooting for the person who's not set in the old ways while also knowing that path will lead them to ruin. I know that's what's so hard. You're just like, I am, I know we don't talk about the Hobbit, but I am trying to reconcile the dwarves that we know from the Hobbit with because even between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings is a drastically different sort of perspective on dwarves. Like, in terms of mm-hmm. how, like, the community, the, like, like, and, you know, part of it is, of course, retconning and having to make things after the fact. And, like, you know, we had Gimli. We had a solo dwarven representation in the original trilogy mm-hmm. for the movies. So, like, I get that. But it is interesting to me to think where that fits in with this timeline in terms of uh, just from a practical, like, filmmaking Cult- perspective. Like a cult- and, and a culture yeah, perspective. and a culture yeah. perspective. My reading of that, and granted, it's I'm not talking about, not, not, not talking about The Hobbit because I don't love those movies, which I did not, but because I've literally only seen them all once. Yeah, So, like, my memory of them is not great. Well, I've seen but the my first impression one a few was, times. My impression was the dwarves are there. They just do, don't want to get involved in larger in larger affairs. And the only reason that they were there and active was because it was basically their own affair that they were going after. Right. So the dwarven culture is there and it's, you know, it's but they just aren't interested in it's like it's like what Elrond says. They're, you know, they're 
they care nothing for the troubles of others mm-hmm. and they don't see so they don't you know Ugh, i'm so scared for durin <laughs> i know my sweet know. durin <laughs> and disa and disa they both are they're they're I so know. they just want to do what's right and maybe it's not that they're like maybe the foul is the fact that his father didn't have the courage Mm-hmm. To stand with Durin. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the the linchpin, not necessarily Durin's perspective. Right. And it's also Durin might um come through you know, he he could he could, you know, even if tragedy befalls, you know, Kaza Doom, he could go live and Disa and their kids could go live out the rest of their lives in Rivendell, maybe. Uh, or no think- no, I guess Linden, because Elrond hasn't founded Rivendell yet. Uh. <laughs> I know. I'm so worried. I know. I am uh, worried about them. Um. All right. So we didn't really. I mean, for for the elves, obviously, the big thing is that they're dying. Gilgalad. Yeah. I do not understand this. I mean, I understand that they're dying, but how is a? I mean, and this is probably one of those like Lord of the Rings things that's just you have to take on faith and isn't explained. Because, like, the Silmarils, the light of the their, like, creation force was yeah. in the Silmarils, which is why those were powerful. But why is some random metal being forged into rings going to save the elves? Don't like, I don't know. Uh, I don't, they I were don't, very, I, like, hand wavy yes, with I the, know. like, magic. Which is fine. I'll go with it. I'm just, like, totally. are we missing something here? Like, are they being manipulated into thinking that this... We'll do it because Sauron wants them to create the rings. Like, what is going on? Or is this just some hand wavy stuff and we're supposed to take it on faith? I mean, Sauron was very, he was, he was very uh, good at being like, getting like Celebrimbor excited about the map. I am and very proud of you, thing. by yeah. the way, for calling him Celebrimbor and not <laughs> Cerebro, which is what Preeti has been calling him. Like Cerebro from X Men, like Cerebro, so Cerebro, Celebrimbor. So it is same letters. It is. It is. <laughs> it's really hard for me. Celebrimbor yes. is a huge dork, and Sauron sees that and is like, "I can manipulate this guy with math and science." Huge dork and very like egotistical. So very like, egotistical. Oh, is this the famous Celebrimbor? And he's mm-hmm. like all puffed up, like, "Yes," you know. It's but so Galadriel recommends into three, right? Mm-hmm. She's the one who's like, no, we we do it in three. There was a lot of like hand wavy where they're like, three is the and I was like, yeah, sure, like okay. one is like a leader, two is like two people like fighting, and three yeah. is like a balance. balance. Or like that. I was like, okay, I'm whatever, like, okay, sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, I have no idea. There's something the tree something. melting into the mountain. Infusing I don't, with like, metal. I, yeah, I don't quite understand. I will take it on faith. We will, I think, see the uh, next ring bearers. I think I can't. Like, I think we're going to see them introduced as characters. The other two, but this. So the interesting thing about the rings of the elves is they weren't. They're not tainted by Sauron, right? Because he didn't. Uh, like they were created in secret without his knowledge in the books. So. My, if I remember correctly, they couldn't wear them when Sauron was wearing the One Ring, but they oh. because he was aware of them. But they could, um, they could like they weren't evil wasn't drawn to them the same way. Like it's it was like they weren't corrupt 
forces of corruption mm-hmm. subject to the one ring because they weren't made with under Sauron with Sauron's knowledge but Sauron did play a huge part in yeah. creating these and the fact that you saw the eye when they're so like I don't know if that's if they're gonna like tweak that lore or what's gonna happen here because that's that was super interesting to me yeah I mean so we've got three rings now yeah <laughs> We're going to have, I believe, 21 total. Right, because there's nine for men. Nine for men, seven, seven for the dwarves. For dwarves? Yes. So 16, 19. 20, so there must be 20. 20, because 20 yeah, is it was the, the one, one ring, ring obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know, so we, <laughs> how many seasons will it take us to get to 20 rings? I know. Is the question. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay. Because so, after you get to 20 rings, you still have the like last battle, which is probably going to take an entire season. That feels more difficult to me only because just from a storytelling perspective because we know how it ends. Yeah. Like and I know we talk about how, how do like, you create tension? How do yeah. you create tension when one we know how it ends. It goes on forever and everyone you love dies. Like that except for yeah. like Elrond and some of the elves. So mm-hmm. That I think I I know we talk about how it's so interesting with something like Star Wars where they can tell stories within that construct, but for something like the Last Battle, it feels less straightforward to me. Yeah, because it is so straightforward. Like it's just it's the Last Battle. Yeah, but like there are characters we don't know the fate of. For example, like Durin. Like you know, so I wonder if they will employ the characters we have come to like but don't know. Well, but no, they do all have to eventually die, right? I mean, yeah, but not on screen. No, not on screen. Like just we know by the time of Lord of the Rings, everybody's dead. Obviously, like Durin's gone, but like (laughs) there's you know he could. We you know so and like and like uh, Aaron Deer and Bronwyn we don't know Mm -hmm. like what so I think uh, my guess is they'll focus on those characters um, a little more yeah I just don't know what the character path is right so with Aaron Deer and Bronwyn and Theo who I've never liked more than in his solo episode with with Galadriel that was wonderful Um, very well before we get to them I do want to talk about the reveal of like what the plan was for the Southlands to freaking create Mount Doom? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I Like, you can't see my face, but I'm making a yes. very big face. Because I was like, like, the the minute it, like, I realized what was happening, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I did ask my friend who's a geologist, Mika McKinnon. Um, I asked her, I was like, okay, so what would happen if um if that 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 volcano like if that actually happened the uh-huh. it, she called it the pyroclastic flow and triggered eruption and I was like yes yes what would happen <laughs> would have anyone have survived that and she says pyroclastic flows are the very top of my least favorite ways to die bludgeoned boiled and suffocated simultaneously all while having your skin and lungs shredded by glass then so, there's no way to survive that so well, i mean literally no one would have survived we're watching a fantasy series so it's fine but like yeah <laughs> that sounds terrible it was funny to me that the show decided to be like everyone thinks isildur is dead because, because we know he's not we know he's yeah. not But it does give us some tension of like, well, now we know he's stuck in the Southlands, like by himself somewhere. Mm -hmm. I do also wonder, I do wonder if he's going to make connections with the men and the people of the, um, of, of, and like, that's how kind of 
his fan. You know what I mean? Like, like they're basically like, as far as we know, they just kind of show up in Numenor. It's like, okay, we're the kings now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or they show up in Gondor and Arnor. Like, okay, we're the kings now. It would make sense if Isildur kind of found his place there yeah. in you know what i mean in middle earth found it, connection because uh, i was gonna ask you it do you think that this is how they're gonna sort of humanize his choice at like less as like a failure of men in mm-hmm. general and more of a failure of isildur <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think we're never going to get there on screen. Like, I think no. we are, I think this show is going to end once Sauron is defeated because there's also, I mean, Agreed. I understand, this show is, com- this show, okay, if if you're not aware, this show is compressing, like, thousands of years yes. of events into, like, not, and so, like, the, despite what the Lord of the Rings, the movie says us, there's a significant time span between the defeat of Sauron and when Isildur takes and refuses to destroy the ring and when he loses it. Mm-hmm. That's not like, it's not like, it makes it seem like it's like on the way home from Mount Doom to Gondor and, like, and no, then no, loses no, no. it. No, no, no. There's a, there was a significant time span there. So like, similarly, I, I don't know, they could, but like, yeah, I don't, I think um, we're just, I think we're already seeing how Isildur is going to fail. He's weak. He's, um, he's. Nepotism baby. Yeah, like he's he he doesn't like have his principles. He, you know, he has a lot of the same qualities Boromir has. Like you know, just like wanting to measure up to his family's legacy, and just not having confidence, not having you know what I mean. Yes, where is his brother again? Uh, I don't know right now, but he he's not dead. No, 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 no. So so. His brother's the, somewhere in Middle Earth, presumably. I don't know. Possibly. I honestly don't know if he's in Numenor or Middle Earth. I don't know much about him. Um, in terms of, I know he survives the. Um, and I'm I'm looking up his name right now because I'm totally I forgetting. Don't remember his name. Uh, Inarion. 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 I don't know where he is right now. He. I know he's alive. Like he's not yeah. dead. Um, I know he's alive or at least in the books, like, you know, and so I think he's gonna, like, he'll show up at some point. Um, maybe he is in Middle Earth, maybe him and East, that's he and how he and Isildur reconnect. But like, from what the queen was saying that like, people of Numenor haven't come to Middle Earth in a very long time. I don't like have contact with Middle Earth. I don't think he's in Middle Earth. My guess is he's, I don't know. Like, I don't know though. The, like, one time he was referenced was very strange on the yes. show because then he was also never referenced again. Yeah. Um, and it was in the context of, like, Isildur wanting to go on an adventure. Go on to the West. Like, go into the West. And yeah. so, I don't know, maybe. Um, but all right. Okay. So Isildur is now just somewhere in the dregs of the, of the Southlands. And um, – Let's go back to Bronwyn, Arendir, and Theo. Right. Which I will say I like it's so hard to watch with uh, Adar and just like they can't. This is what's so hard about the show is like they can't succeed. They have to have failures like they have to. Mm-hmm. But they handle I thought the show handled it really well because you got moments of heroism. You got moments of like joy and cheer and then they take it away because they have yes. to but it hurts all the harder for it yes um the cool interesting thing was that when sauron said and correct me if i'm wrong um 
Um, but I'm pretty sure Sauron said that he fought against you know Adar's orcs because that though they were his enemy. So Adar told the truth when he said that Sauron was his enemy and he mm-hmm. wasn't working for Sauron. That's is that correct? I think yeah, I think yeah. you're right there. I think that was very clear. I think Adar did something. He's clearly not dead, but He's clearly not dead because he got away. We saw him get away. Um, but that's just—I think we're we're heading to our Sauron versus Adar situation. Yeah, in what will become Mordor. Yeah, but it was nice to see. Like, I don't actually. I'm not entirely sure where they end. Where they go now with. Theo and Arendir and Bronwyn. I just, I just I'm, don't know. I'm wondering if Isildur is gonna kind of connect with them, oh. and Bronwyn's gonna be like, oh. "You're maybe you." My my guess, it my suspicion with Isildur is because he has to become a leader. Yes, like like I I feel like he, he has, has to become to. a king. Yeah, he has to become a leader. Like his family is just gonna kind of say like 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 I don't want to. I don't want to, I'm trying to like, with what I know from history, I'm trying to like reconcile. So my guess is he's going to make connection in the Southlands and like lead the people who aren't loyal to Adar out of the Southlands, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, because are Bronwyn and them still, in, they're still in the Southlands, right? Yeah, they're still in the Southlands. So he he's going to like connect with them as my guess is he's going to reconnect with them and like somehow like lead them out of the Southlands. Mm-hmm. And like, they're going to be like loyal to idea. him and that's why him when you know they flee when people flee Numenor that's why they follow him and his yeah. family that makes sense I like that idea it's sometimes hard because it does take place so long before it's hard to keep track of the like yes story and the history but I which is fine and I think that tracks I think I think you don't have to that's just the way my brain works I like to connect what's happening and that is the criticism I have seen that's fair that that's what they want you to be doing versus just enjoying the show for what it is and that is I think a criticism that is very fair yes Um, because it's it's all foreshadowing um and so if you're not if you're not familiar with what came after or you just don't care watching it for the sake of watching it I could see how that would be that would make it feel a little bit slow. Mhm. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's just the intent of the writers and I think the intent of the writers is they do want you asking these questions and making mm-hmm. these connections. And so um it and in that way it's very effective. No, but yeah, I was sense. it was it was a little not sad, I guess, but it was a little like Aaron Deer and Bronwyn were such a focus of the first part of the season and then kind of minimized. Out. You know what I mean? Minim- yeah. Like they moved on to other stories and they'll come back. I think they're still very major characters, but like it was like, okay, their story, that part of the story was like done for now and we're going to move on to, you know, other well, characters. Which- Bronwyn is under the impression that Halbrand is King of the South, which is yes. not true. Yeah. Um, although kind of true, I guess. So I think we're due for that sort of conflict too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was, is, that, is he going to come back and try and lead those I, yeah, people against I Adar? Know. I don't yeah. know. I think that's a good question. Because like last shot of Halbern we see is he's walking it towards Mordor. Mordor. One Apparently one does simply walk into one Mordor. One does simply walk into Mordor. Um, so yeah, I guess that I agree with you. It did sort of like have its high points earlier on in the season and then got slower and slower because I think 
at the top, Theo was meant to be someone that we were like, is that Sauron? Is that? Yes. Like, look at this kid. And once that was clear not to be the case, I think they have to – They'll. I'm, I'm sh- and I'm sure they have a plan in place for what his thing is moving forward. But once yeah. that was gone, it was like, okay, now why are we following this kid? Right. Which is why I think they put him with Galadriel. Yes. Made me like after like I really did not like him for a lot of the season, and then once he like confided in Aaron Deer about the dagger, and once he started like you know like mm-hmm. yeah. doing the smart thing, uh, I um I and then the scenes with Galadriel were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, your favorites. Oh, Let's. Well talk about the stranger and the harfeet i do love the stranger i just want to be clear so good Uh uh-huh the actor is so good like fantastic um so it's funny because i remember when they released images for before the show came out and there was the image of that woman with the light like the pale pale blonde hair and blue eyes Mm -hmm. who looked with a dark look on her face Mm -hmm. um and everyone was like, is that Sauron? Mm-hmm. No. But they're <laughs> servants of Sauron. Servants of Sauron. Uh, that was a wonderful scene. So, so the, their whole thing is they're looking for the stranger, mm-hmm. which we don't find out until episode well eight. into the season. Yeah, it's like literally the last episode. And they tell like they tell the stranger, you are Sauron. You just don't remember. And it's like, <gasps> and I, I was, was like, like, what? And I was like, nope, I don't believe it. He has to be a wizard. Like I he think, just I know. But I my just, like, hope was like, well then maybe it's not. Maybe it's not Hallbrand. <laughs> yeah. Like for me, like I just knew. Like the way he's acting, the way he's like, you know, like it's just and it's like the a servant of the enemy would look uh fairer and feel fouler. He didn't feel foul and he didn't look fair. You know what I mean? Like it's just like that's a Tolkien thing. And um yeah, I, it was just like, uh, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. That's I a mean, wizard. I mean, now I feel like they were pretty clear, like pretty on the nose, out as it were, about who this is. Yes, and <laughs> I was I was not sure if it was Saruman or Gandalf because there was a lot to – and I think you and I talked about this a little bit, but I think making us wonder that was deliberate. And I think, yes. um, I think the journey he had to go on to choose to be good. Yes, was is important. I think I think Agreed. you know this wizard wasn't put down like he wasn't like I don't I don't think this Astari was like 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 fundamentally he had to make the choice of whether was he going to be like good and was he going to help or was he going to like seek power mm-hmm. um, and he he went through that and there are times where he like faltered and yeah like you know did things without realizing that hurt others and doesn't matter to him and I think it's only because of Nori that it did because he saw the consequences and he cared about her and saw the consequences for her and so chose to not you know be peril chose to be good and then him and Nori are now for the next season going into going to Rune which is interesting. Um, what is because Rune? That's, uh, so it's a land east of Middle Earth. Okay. Though we don't know much about. The one thing I do know is I'm pretty sure Gandalf said at one point he had never been to Rune. Uh, so that's interesting. But, but that maybe means, they're not going to make it. Maybe they're going to make it. Or I, my guess is they'll make it and he'll remember who he is. And a lot of the appendices and the extra stuff in Lord of the Rings is like kind of the Bible 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like it's That's like why lore. I didn't it's, read it. It's supposed to be lore and legend and mythology, and it's so I was like this to, is hard like, to read. It often contradicts itself, and that's not that. You know what I mean? And so, like, and that's, I think that's why this is a great show to do because you can take a lot of liberties and, like, mm-hmm. people are like, well, canon. It's like, well, canon, con- like, Tolkien canon contradicts itself because it's supposed to. Like, that's, that's the point. Like, right. it's not actual quote unquote canon. It's like, this stuff has been, like, written down and passed down by people. Like, that's the idea. Um, but I thought at one point Gandalf said he had never been to Rune, but, like, yeah, it's a land east of Middle Earth where supposedly, I guess he's going to, get his memories back and figure out his purpose or whatever but so i am really curious for that journey yeah, i'm glad same. nori's going with him same um i think uh i i am glad you know i i like the way that that storyline ended up even if i did find it a little bit of slug and i found the heartfoot's a bit cruel um the way they like you know leave behind the infirm and ailing uh mm-hmm. that is that did not it it is a survival of the fittest for sure um but it did not it did not um it did not mesh with my idea of them looking out for each other. Yes. Yes, I agree with you. Um I I really I think it allowed for the show to have some fun even when it was terrifying like when they were fighting those witches uh at the end like mm-hmm. coming for them there was it it there was like a a hobbitness to it for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. Yes. But yeah, I think it's going to be much stronger next season. Yeah. Now that kind of that part is I loved I loved that scene where they're like using this like fancy magic and the harvesters throwing, start throwing rocks yeah, at it's them. It's so good. It's fantastic. Like I love that scene. I also actually really do like the hobbits um, or the Harfoot's relationship with death. Like, they they mourn, they watch the sunrise, mm-hmm. and then, like, they move to the new leader. Like, it's a very, like, natural and accepting... Yeah. Oh, static. View so of, sad. Yeah, view of death. But the uh, caval... There's a line between them being accepting of death and being a little bit like cavalier and like the like leaving people behind felt a little bit cavalier rather than just mm-hmm. accepting if people die because it's definitely like not just like if like it's one thing for like poppy Proudfellow's family to have died in a landslide like okay right yeah that's death but it's different to be like oh you hurt your foot and we're just gonna leave you behind for people to kill you know what mm-hmm. i mean like no, i was no, just no, like Whoa. like, Ugh. like yeah, there's, anyway. there's a crassness or a crudeness yes. to it yeah um but yeah i think it'll be it'll be more strongly woven into the storyline at large next season which might make for better pacing mm-hmm. on behalf of the way that story works um all right so i think the last bit of what we need to touch we on missing? and we talk muriel okay muriel and ellen deal um and numenor because i will say the wheat for me the weakest stuff was Elendil's daughter and Farazan's son. I'm like, I don't care about these people. Yes. I don't understand why I'm supposed to care about these yes. people. They just sort of seem cartoonishly antagonistic. She seems like to have the personality of a painted white wall. Yeah, like, like I There's don't, just no... Nothing. Like, we're supposed to be sort of believe that she's, like, a little fiery. She's, you know, applied multiple times to be a part of this, like, guild and finally gets it. But, like, there's nothing there necessarily except to be, like, 
we disagree with what the queen is doing. We hate elves. And I'm like, uh. Yeah, I don't. And I don't, I need more explanation of, of that coming yes. from Elendil's daughter, who Elendil is clearly a friend to the elves. So like, if you're Elendil's daughter and you why? disagree with your father so fundamentally, I need to understand a little more about why. Yeah, agreed. That is a very good point that I hadn't thought of because it does put into stark relief of like, who are you? Like, we don't know yeah. who she is. And no, so I have, when she, like, she has yeah. these viewpoints and you're like, I don't get it. And you yeah. haven't given me a reason to believe that it's real. Um, and so yeah. whenever they were on screen, I was like, I don't care about this. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And you can put it up against someone like Farazan. I think it it isn't an issue of screen time. Like Farazan is clearly in it for himself, in yes. it for whatever it will take to get power. Fully believe he is the Witch King of Angmar. Yeah, I was like, going to say, that's your theory. And I, I don't disagree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... 100%. The other day I was watching, rewatching Fellowship and like my signal was really bad because I was at a hotel and I'm texting Preeti like stills of the Witch King of Angmar, <laughs> like just like on my phone with no explanation. And then the text doesn't, takes a while to go through because the, the, the images went through and I'm like, okay, it's like 11 PM and I'm texting Preeti just like random stills of the Witch King of Angmar with no, <laughs> like, like it's right. creepy. Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> She's like best random texts to get. <laughs> It's just what you want. It's the Witch King of Angmar. But you know, oh. I agree. I agree. I do wonder, and I, I, I granted we haven't seen a lot of Middle Earth yet, but who are all these kings of men? Who are all these kings of men? I will. So like, but maybe that's why. So you have this, the Numenor stuff ends with this girl. I can't even remember her name. Elendil's daughter. Looking into the Palantir. Yes. Uh, presumably we don't actually see her do it but right my understanding is the we don't know where any of the palantirs are right now besides that one of Numenor yes agreed like that's my understanding of where we are in terms of the palantiri situation but it's just like I was like why are you doing this the king clearly thought you were somewhere someone else like what is this is gonna this is one of my least favorite kind of like plot points where it's like somebody does something bad that's gonna cause a lot of bad later but that thing never needed to have happened yes like you know what I mean like it's it feels a little convenient that's gonna kick off some big issue because of course we have a divide now between Elendil and the queen though he hasn't acted on it we know that he is mourning. He thinks his soldier is dead. Yep. He blames their choice. I don't think he necessarily blames the queen, but no. he blames the choice to come to mm-hmm. Middle Earth for the loss of his son. And Muriel is all in. She understands that this is just the beginning mm-hmm. and they can't give up now, even though mm-hmm. she is also suffering. She loses her sight in the blast. Um at that moment where she's on the hilltop with Galadriel and Elendil leaves and she doesn't realize it, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a quiet, great moment for, like, what's to come, I think. So yeah. I think we're going to see a very big divide, which makes me very nervous for Muriel moving yes. forward. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with everything you just said. Um, I think... I think with Isildur being in Middle Earth, it gives Elendil motivation to go back. Um, yeah, that's true. But he has to know he lives, right? Yes. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm very 
curious to, I'm very curious to see how that goes because I know how this is going to end up. And I am very curious. I'm not seeing, I'm seeing the threads, but I'm not seeing what the writers are intending. Yeah. And that's not like a criticism. It's just like, I don't, I'm, I'm, yeah, there's, there's still a ways to go. So we'll see. Yeah, me too. Oh, I'm so anxious about it. So anxious about it. Yeah, the characters I like, I'm really invested. Like, like we said, like, I think that they've done a really good job both writing the characters we already know and writing the ones that we don't and making us love them. Like, show's got me rooting for freaking hot Sauron. What the fuck? I know. I was talking to a friend of mine and she was like, What are we going to do? He's just how, like, like talking about like Halbron being Sauron and and she was like, She's like, is it, is she's like, is it, is it, is it too much to, to just like, to give it all up and just move to Mordor? And, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, maybe the dry heat of Mount Doom will be good for my oily skin. Like, <laughs> like maybe just we so just, hot. I know. It's just so hot and I don't really want to wear those clothes. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I don't want to become an orc. Like, I don't really want to be an orc. Mm-mm. But like, Halbron's pretty hot. So I know. Like, oh. <laughs> God. Uh, oh boy like it was just it was like it was funny because like he says when he tells like like i was watching that scene this those scenes with him and keller brimborn he's like giving him advice i'm like "Uh," i know he's like and then he's like and then and then he's like it's a gift i was like oh no killing me because there's a shot where they like they were doing like camera things with him we're like zooming in on him like in a very foreshadowy kind of way and I was like I know he's gonna be Sauron and I am so upset about it Mm -hmm. because all this is gonna do is like literally on my Tumblr dashboard I've got like I don't know why this person paid for this but a sponsored post that was just Galadriel Halbrand fanfic I mean, good, like, good for them, but it's also like, like, oh no, and it's so funny because all the writers are like, I didn't, or not all the writers. I follow a couple of the writers, and a lot of them are like, I don't, I we didn't intend, like, we wanted them to have a deep connection, but not a romantic one. And it's like, have you have seen you their seen chemistry? The, like, their like, chemistry. Oh my god! I feel like from the the third episode, I was like, just kiss. They and look they, like, like they look at each other, and it's like, god damn, right. They shouldn't They're have so gone good. so hard on that. It's so good. It's so I'm good. so, but I'm so glad because I, I think it needs to be devastating. You know, it, yes, I, agree. I think that it, it needs to be devastating for like the emotional stakes of the show and stuff. Like, and I am, I am really like sad, and I think it's really good because I was thinking for a while, like they, like they, you had some quite. You went back and forth on is he Sauron is he not because he was the most likely candidate like is right. he is he Sauron and I had come out with like no he's not like I don't think he is like I know like but like I'm like were, did they just go too heavy into it in the last episode like and then all of a sudden start foreshadowing it but no it's been there all no. along but when he got into a position where he could regain some power and he like it's like in in, in Numenor I genuinely think he was just trying to you know be a blacksmith i mean of course i think it's sauron so of course he would have eventually tried to like whenever he got the opportunity start working his you know whatever evil but like in at when he was in in not linden uh uh uh, like um he saw power and he was like all right i'm going for it oh it's so good 
Mm-hmm. It just like that last scene takes everything we saw and just puts a different filter over it. It does. But not it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just means mm-hmm. we didn't interpret it correctly. Yes. It's so good. I love it. I'm so, I, I love it. I like the show a lot. I'm really yeah, looking forward good. to it. And I know they're I think they're filming the second season now. So uh I hopefully the wait won't be too too long. Mm-hmm. My guess it would be around the same time. I think for something I like this, so. they will try to stick to a year uh, summer fall release schedule um yeah. although they might i don't know maybe they'll push it a little while but who knows we'll see it was, it was good it was good i i am excited to keep going next season and see Halbron go full sauron and oh then be upset you know they're gonna it. have like it they're gonna have an epic like scene of him putting on the armor yeah i'm curious about that he is definitely wearing some lifts Dude yes. is not 18 feet tall. Yeah. So. But I do wonder once he gets the one ring if it makes him bigger. Maybe. Like because he becomes a, you know, he kind of becomes like an otherworldly entity at that point. You know yeah. what I mean? Because of the power. So I wonder if it like makes, like increases his presence or something like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe. Or if he just wears some lifts. He just has his feet are actually like seven inches above the ground. <laughs> They're platforms. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's all we have to say about yes. rings of power um it was a lot but we had a lot of feelings yeah i think it's good i think it's good we have feelings mm-hmm. um so do you want to talk about what you're doing sure um the an episode of my show far out just came out last week and there's another one in a few weeks um so you can find that on youtube um my wired column i just wrote about how breath of the no I did not just write about that I just no, wrote, you wrote about, about something, something else. else I can't remember what I just wrote about literally I do the column every two weeks it's it's, <laughs> it's like it's 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 a it's a it's great and it's a privilege to do it but it's also can be a little bit of grind I don't remember what I just wrote about um but it was I enjoyed writing oh no I wrote about how it is fine like maybe catching up if you didn't finish a game catching up on it so you can watch the sequel so you can play the sequel catching up on it on oh, YouTube right. is maybe it's cheating but I don't care and like I don't feel like I need to earn my entertainment like people are like no. oh you need to earn the ending no you don't I actually don't earn I the can end. actually just watch it Fuck on YouTube that. yeah just watch it on YouTube and then so I did that with God of for God of War so I could play God of War Ragnarok which I'm very excited about I'm also doing uh I've got my stargazing book coming out in fall of 2023 Yay. and I just got the galley proofs of that <gasps> so I need to work on those yeah so exciting um what am I doing? So much and somehow nothing at all. Um, yeah. Obviously, my Spider-Man book is out in the world. If you read it, I would love for you to leave a review. Um, there are – everything else I have is either unannounced or I, – no, I think everything else is unannounced. I'm in that weird period right now where I, like, can't talk about anything new. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, so right now, really, I'm just Tarvalin or bust. Wheel of Time. Come hang out with us while we talk intensely and close readingy about the series that we love and hate at the same time. Mm-hmm. More love, I think, but some things I really do hate. Um, all right, what are you? Oh, maybe for this next bit, we can start together because we both yes. have the same thing. Yeah. Um, because I am so appreciative of you because Swapna being the wonderful video game writer that she is, has access to video games early. And so 
texted me and was like, do you want to play Gotham Knights early? Yes. And I was like, I've been waiting for this game for five years. Yes. So basically what it was is they offered me an extra review code um, if we wanted to try it online co-op. And you both, you all know that Preeti and I do not play online games. No. But for this one, I think we're going to try some co-ops co-op and because uh, we can we play together yes and with nobody else and we won't be judging each other <laughs> like there is i'm i like i obviously am further into the game than you are i am enjoying yes, the writing started. a lot i am enjoying the writing a lot i just started but like i will say the gameplay is clunky uh i will say that but i'm enjoying the story and i i love the snyder capula run that the, the game is based on so it's mm-hmm. not surprising but i also like the actual like aspects of the gameplay like you have to go and like analyze crime scenes and mm-hmm. stuff like that and i just i think it's just some i like it yeah there's a lot of like what i liked about spider-man ps4 mm-hmm. in this game um which is you get to do street level stuff and you get to do high level stuff which mm-hmm. is nice and it's big like there are so many things actively going on at the same time mm-hmm. which is really which which means there's a lot to do, which is nice. Yeah. Um, I I'm mostly playing as Nightwing and Robin, of course, because mm-hmm. you know my tastes. Uh, and so that's been really nice because there's like a whole bunch of different costumes and different ways to like make your character like your your weapons and all of that stuff, which is fun because it's mm-hmm. Batman. And then um, yeah, I've been playing as Batgirl. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm really excited to like co-op, but like, and then there's Jason Todd, which I don't want to play as like, I don't know. They, it's funny. I feel he like, died. Like I thought he was dead. Like what's going on? Jason's whole thing. I, I like Jason Todd as a character. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. I really do. I think that when he is written well, when he's handled well, it's, there's so much like tragedy and drama there, which is nice. Cause like he was the Robin who died and then mm-hmm. he's the Robin who came back angry and mad at oh, Bruce. Oh, okay. I me- I missed the came back angry. Okay, came Yeah, back. so he dies because the Joker kills him. Yes, that I did know. The Joker murders him and he comes back and is furious that Batman has not killed the Joker. Okay. And he, it takes a long time, but like he tries to kill Robin, like Tim Drake when he comes mm-hmm. back in a very like awful way because he's like, you replaced me. How could... Bruce put someone else, like, a kid like this as Robin and blah, blah, blah. And so it's taken a lot of years for him to, like, come back into the fold. And, like, mm-hmm. the Jason Todd that's written in the game is, like, that Jason Todd where he's, like, going to therapy. And there's, like, these okay. lovely no- – like, the world building is nice. You get to see notes between the characters. And, like, yeah, like, hey – like, Dick sends a note to Jason's, like, hey, if you want to talk, I'm here for you. I know you don't like doing this face-to-face. Like – Okay, yeah. That is good. Like, there's what well, I was just confused because I'm like, as far as I know, Jason Todd's dead. Like, what is he doing in this? Game? And like, that's, that's what. That's one of those things that it's not like Jason Todd, Todd is dead and living in the comic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. characters die in the comics all the time, but Jason Todd dying was like a. a ba- they voted on it. Yeah. Like, it's a huge thing that's like not irreversible in that clearly he came back, but like, it is a event across like. Yeah, that is a. Universes across. Like, it is. That is it's Uncle Ben died, right? Yes. yes Jason exactly. Todd died. Yes. And then came back okay. as now, that, that makes the red sense. hood. Okay. Uh, okay. And he, like, the reason I'm not playing as Jason is because I am not a shooting. Like, I don't, like, my weapon of choice in video games is slash, not shoot. So, and Jason Dodd's weapons are non-lethal guns. Okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So I actually haven't played as I am a, at all. I am a, I am a shoot, so I might switch Ooh, between Barbara yeah. and Harry. So that's that would perfect. be cool. That's actually it's, perfect. It's perfect. It's yeah. like it was meant to be. <laughs> Okay, I'll play with him a little bit. Now we're just now I'm just planning our co-op. Sorry, sorry, yes. sorry listeners. Um, now I'll just play as him as a little bit so I have some experience before we before we yeah, co-op. Okay, we'll co-op. Okay. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, yeah. Okay, what else? So I uh, just watched the show Partner Track on Netflix okay. over the weekend. It's I was just gonna watch one episode. I thought it was it's starring Arden Cho, which is why I watched it because I mm-hmm. love Arden Cho. Yes. Oh, this is the law firm show, yes. right? Okay, is it yes. good? Yes. I thought it was going to be this like soapy drama love be like triangle. Suits. No, I thought it was going to be like Netflix's like, you know, that movie, like the princess switch or like okay, falling yeah, yeah, yeah. in love. Like I thought it was yeah. one of those. I did not think it was suits. I didn't think it was like that level. I was like, I'll just watch this while I'm doing other things. I love Arden Cho. Like I want to see more, you know, whatever. It's based on a book. And then it's actually like, it's like they were like, we're going to trick you. Because you watch it and it's actually about how the system does not serve people of color and will not serve people of color. And so you have to disrupt the system in order to succeed Mm -hmm. in a way that I was not anticipating and in a way Mm -hmm. that went much harder than I thought it was going to. Granted, I have not read the book, but that's great whole thing about white fragility that I it's honestly it like kind of blew my mind. That's great. Because I really was not anticipating it. Um, and then the last thing is a, I just – I have to talk about Interview with the Vampire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so good. Okay. The AMC Plus – like literally I signed up for AMC Plus to watch this show, which I do okay. not do that. Like I'm not like, I'm going to sign up for the streaming service. I'm like, well, maybe I'll get it on like iTunes or something eventually. No, I signed up for it because – it looked amazing. So you have uh, – they've made Louis a black character. It's uh, – oh, shoot, I should have written the actor's name down. But from uh, – he was Grey Worm in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And he's playing Louis. And the way they've – it's still super campy. The guy who plays Lestat I think is better than Tom Cruise mm-hmm. as Lestat. And the way they've made it – so it's still all that like absurdity from the novels, which are so fun – but also threading like very real like identity stuff throughout is so mm-hmm. good. It's like I can't get over it. I can't binge it because it's a little too intense for me to binge. So I okay. think I'm an episode or two behind. But everything I've seen so far, I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Cool. I know. So I'm not texting me. It was like, would I like this? And, and I was you're like, like mm-hmm. I was like, if you're in the mood, I think you would really, really like it. But I it's do just people- think. It's one of those things people, everybody's talking about it. So, like, I want to, you know. I, I think you, know, you could watch just... the first episode and see. I think yeah. that's, like, sometimes it's like, it. you have to watch the first three. But I think you could watch one. I could, I'll try it, but I feel like it's probably not for me. I feel like, just from what I've seen at this point, I'll probably get, I, probably not for me. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe it will be. Maybe it will be. Um, Uh, okay (laughs) my other thing is I'm reading like a sister by Kelly Garrett and uh it's just I mean it's just I just literally started it yesterday um last night and started reading um and it's like a it's just a mystery thriller it's very well written um and you don't normally like mystery thriller is one of those genres that it's been very hard to find books by authors of color Mm -hmm. um and so this is a book set 
by a black woman set in a black community. Oh, that's um, awesome. And yeah, it's it's and it's like it's I like I I like didn't want to stop reading like because I, I I I try to read like for ten or fifteen minutes before bed every night just to mm-hmm. like kind of and it I was I like ended up reading for like a half hour and was like okay I have to go to bed. It was really good. It's really good. So like a sister, I'm really enjoying it. That's awesome. And, and it's out. Like it's out. It's out. out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I bought it. So it is out. Like it's not. Um. You can just you can just pick it up wherever you uh, buy books. Um, all right. We are part of the Hard Knock Live Podcast Network. You can find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. That's N-O-C for nerds of color. And thank you to Meredith and Rita at the $12 level. And Amber, Jordan, Annie, Brandy, Claire, Brian, Robert, Chris, the Knot family, Priya, Kish of Ruth, and Kavita at the $5 level. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash Girls. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Desi Geek Girls. I am on so- all social medias at Run With Skizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. I am on uh, Twitter and Instagram at, at S. Krishna. I am on TikTok at at Swapna underscore Krishna. And I am on Mastodon. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> at S. Krishna dot ma- at S. Krishna at Mastodon dot social, which I'm going to try and start posting more to. Agreed. Because we don't know what's going to happen over the next few months. But I do like having a text based place to Agreed. talk to That's people. That's a good idea. Yeah, I'm going to start. I'm just going to start using it a little more and trying to integrate it more into my daily thing. Mm-hmm. And then hope, you know, if. Should whatever happen, happen. Whatever happen, happen. Um, if I need to just to step back from Twitter, then there is somewhere to go. Uh, okay. Until next time. We will see you. In hell. hell.